0: Everybody and welcome back to some in-season goodness from the Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matthew Stockton.
1: They're coming to get you, listeners. <laughs> 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 um, unfortunately, you may notice, Tim isn't here today. He's a, he's unwell, so not as always, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that means I get to introduce your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and he gets to do a little intro. So, Jack Chambers.
0: Brains. Nice. That's all you need. That's class classic raisins. Raisins. Lots of love some raisins. <laughs> some sweet California raisins. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Tim isn't able to join us. Everything's fine. Don't worry, we haven't split up. He's fine. He's not a zombie. Just 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 preoccupied. He's caught the virus, the zombie virus. And <laughs> uh we're gonna have to go and cut his head off. Uh crush the head or destroy the brain. I think that's the
1: should we cut that? Considering we said he's got
0: the virus in the pandemic. I I did say that on purpose. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> Tim is fine. Don't worry. But much like we did, uh, we did the previous listener feedback, not the most recent episode, but the one before that. I think it was just yes. the two of us. Um, so yeah, you're stuck with me and Matt for this episode. I'm afraid. Deadlines. Sorry, kids. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're fairly tight on schedules here at Sequelizers, and we need to. Keep the ball rolling. As you know, we don't take breaks anymore. We are stuck with our weekly schedule, and we're sticking to it. We have Damn kept... It, I mean, it's October, and we've kept going for however many fucking weeks this is now. So it must be 40, nearly, something. Yeah, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of world-ending things, we've actually got a, an apocalypse-relevant episode this week, because we're talking about zombie films. And no... I know we've already done the Resident Evil episode. (laughs) Unfortunately, we cannot avoid those films and they will come up later. But it's not just that. We are branching out to everything from Romero to Snyder to Shaun of the Dead to some international stuff, all kinds of stuff. We're talking about zombie films in general as a wider discussion. Escaping the black hole that is the Resident Evil franchise, thank God. Much of the same way we did like monster movies. Zombies is a good
1: discussion, and the more we looked into it, the more interesting it became, because for our specific generation, for people of our age, you can't get away from zombies. They're an analogy for what it feels like to live with anxiety, what it feels like to be overwhelmed by crowds, what it feels like to be um, in in a world of complete consumerism and corporate human sprawling man living and living in a viral pandemic maybe I don't precisely know. precisely it's <laughs> very much speaks to us but the interesting thing is that zombies um as we'll come back to a, a little later they're a bit of a weird one because if you talk about the big universal monsters the, the big personalities the big the big impacts of horror zombies come up in the conversation but in a very strange way. But as say, we'll come back to that. Let's, let's let's first talk about what what the definition of a zombie is. Like all amazing uh, uh productions from white people, it's been stolen from Africa. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so uh, is a combination of history from Haiti. And central and West African folklore,
0: based on some like misconceptions from some voodoo rituals and stuff like precisely, that, and that and yeah. precisely precisely
1: it's it's a it's an amalgam from an outside perspective more than an actual uh, honoring or um what's well, it's just very much a bastardization of of beliefs and traditions welcome
0: to white people, yeah,
1: i mean. Uh, complete digression for a second, but um, if you've ever spoken to, well, I mean, I'll say spoken to, but if you've ever read a book, say, on, on like, the the she, you know, the, the banshee and the fairy folk and leprechauns and all the stuff from Ireland, it's always like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. Uh, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> and it's not what people think. And the stories are very different. And, you know, the, the sort of cartoon bullshit that's come out of it. Is is nothing to do like uh, is it Rackham? I think Rackham's fairy sort of stuff. Very much not how how the tradition of fairies go and things. I know we're digressing here, but the point is that whenever you take a culture and it's colonized and incorporated into something, you just end up stealing bits of it. Most of it comes out of fear, and it becomes a, a new homogenized thing. So, as far as cinema is concerned, because that's the kind of discussion we're going through rather than folklore and, and that sort of stuff.
0: As much as we try to be, we're not a folklore podcast, I'm afraid. We try to be so many things. We, we try, try to juggle so much. We try to do the poetry thing with Shakespeare. We try to do <laughs> you know, the sonnet you podcast. You a, a science podcast at one point. I have done a couple of science podcasts. I mm. occasionally rant about inaccurate physics, a.k.a. Yeah. Tim's segment of, that's not how that works. Precisely. But yeah, uh, we are we are a film podcast, so, so we about always the cinematic yeah. history of of zombies. We
1: like to digress. We like to to dip into these things. but We'll always bring it back to cinema. So, interestingly, there have only been two or three major evolutions in terms of zombies. Now, I know we can get into some really pedant sort of. Um, have you seen heavy the liquor from
0: the Resident Evil franchise, Matthew?
1: Exactly, exactly. We can go down the lines of like well, actually, zombies used to be grey, and then they were turned green for a long time, and then eventually they were turned brown because of skin rotting. It's like, fuck off. So the general thing we start with is, and in terms of clear evolutions, is back in the past when they started, they weren't sentient, mostly. They were... um,
0: uh, uh, Mindless zombies, if you were. Precisely. I mean, that's a phrase that is there for a reason. (laughs) essentially just drones that are driven by the the, the purest of base in, instincts, just hunger, that is it. And that is a, quite a common thing for kind of a through line for most of the different types of zombies you'll get. the kind of, they want to eat you and your flesh. That's basically it. Again, as you said, there are some evolutions, there are some variants upon that, but that is very common thread that leads throughout. They're often not driven by any sort of like greed or power or love or sex or anything like that is just this the most basic of survival instincts so basically and even then some they just wander off and kill themselves sometimes they'll run into an electric fence or through a fire or whatever (laughs) it is or yeah all that kind of stuff it's
1: interesting because i think that that agency has to be taken from it to become a zombie because uh you talk about you know the, the the strange single soul desire that that driving urge um it was very much used as like as a henchman or a golem, but then interestingly, we've like in took about like um, the 1920 movie, uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which has a somnambulist, which is effectively a sleepwalker, sort of. But then you get to hypnotherapy and all that sort of stuff, and like, that doesn't really count. And mummies, that doesn't really count. And there are so many, and like, even like the golem in, or Der Golem in, in the in the old German film, the silent film. A golem isn't really a zombie. It's it's you know this well this embodiment of, of Jewish rage and fury and, <laughs> and revenge. But the point is that it's it's not by definition a zombie now, but it might have been at the time. That becomes very difficult to say what is the first zombie movie. Most people go with what zombie in the title. So for example, you have got early examples like um, uh, in 1932, you got White Zombie and I Walk with the a band, Zombie. Not the film. No.
0: I wish White Zombie the band around in 1932. That would have been mad. That, that we know of.
1: <laughs> so that evolved into the Romero era, which is the zombie horde, which is literally the, the reanimated corpse. The, the shambling, oh, very simple function, murderous intent, but also shambling. The shambling bit is very crucial here because again, if you reanimate a body, it is slow. Rigor mortis has said in, it is stiff. Not everybody, unless you were going like Return of the Living Dead, where they'd actually get bones moving around and shit, or Army of Darkness or some shit. Um, it's it's the Romero rules, should we say, like a better word, ruled for a very long period of time. They they became the norm, and then that changed in the 2000s with what can only be described as the running zombie,
0: <laughs> the runners. runners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's become a thing in pop culture in general when. You get various things, and surprise, surprise, I'm going to spin off into video games for a second. Oh, yeah. but you get games that try to distinguish themselves from being zombie films, like The Last of Us, for example, is not a zombie film. Sorry, a zombie game, but but, but it kind of is. It's just a different way of making, because they're, they're mindless, you know, runners, and the, the clickers are kind of these dr- driven purely by hunger kind of, yeah monstrous beasts essentially like you said they're shambling creatures but that's a completely different variant on that and they often i think it's become quite common in the last again skipping forward another decade in like the 2010s is like we've gotten to the point of oversaturation where they want to distinguish themselves again like okay we've mm, done mm. we've had the romero type zombies and the literally people just call them like romero types like george romero <laughs> defined that very much creature so. so much that it became the the just the pure descriptor for zombies for decades and oh, then, and if
1: there are any like purists out there, we know there are probably earlier examples of the exact same thing, but as far <laughs> as the mainstream is concerned, and let's face it, you know, yes, you may have been the first one there, but if you're not the first one to sell it big, you become a footnote of history, so sorry Jake.
0: exactly, yeah, and you get a lot of people then going forward as you said you get the runners and stuff in the in the 2000s they're like oh no we're doing something different this isn't a zombie film it's about a viral infection and all this kind of stuff which we'll get to later on of course yes and then are. again you get that in the in the 2010s with the oversaturation of both of those things you've got runners you've got shamblers you've got mm. I mean not to go into TV but like things like The Walking Dead The Walking Dead was yes, the yeah. biggest show in America for years it like took which over so
1: fucking crazy <laughs>
0: It took over the the pop culture world for like a decade,
1: Mm. basically. And it's, I think think personally, it comes down to the second it's parodied too much. So for example, the zombie henchman, like the whole, yes, master, walking off and stumbling and glassy white eyes kind of shit. Once it was in like plan nine from outer space, you're like, oh no, oh no, this isn't, this isn't scary anymore. This is stupid. So you get the Romero, it's like, oh, that's vicious, that's visceral, Ugh. And then you get to the 90s and you're like, you can just run around the fuckers, they're not threatening. Donk, done, it's comedy now. Yeah. And then it's like, what are they infected with? Rage. <laughs> that's what they're infected with. And you see them running and screaming, it's like, now it's terrifying again. Now it's a mad crawling animal human and now you're scared again. And it's just a case of the audience needing that very slight evolution. But that's interesting to me because if you think about... Fucking just Dracula. <laughs> yes, okay, vampires alone have had, you know, various iterations and the very things that are very, very, you know, vampire lore is very specific. But there are so many different interpretations within a very small period of time, whereas zombies only have a handful. You know, you get, I mean, the one that I have not included in there maybe be the smart zombie? Um, or mm. the evolved zombie that's been, you know, experimented onto another animal, but then it becomes like another creature. So it's like it's hard to define it as the so same. You get thing. zombie dogs
0: and stuff like that, don't you?
1: Exactly. But then does that equally, you know, if you were to say to the average cinema goer, "Oh, describe a zombie for me," some of they start dragging one leg behind them and going, "Brains." And that's fine. That's not necessarily wrong because that's what the answer is. But yes, let's 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 make it a little bit personal for a second. Let's talk about our own our own personal memories because it's actually quite difficult because, mm. as we'll come to later when we do a bit of a timeline here for the history of stuff, but we, we've done a brief one, but we'll go through a quite in-depth one. We were very much born into, especially in, yeah, in Britain, and us as video gamers and TV fans and shit and film fans, born into a world of zombie revival. So... For me personally, trying to come up with my memories the first time I saw a zombie thing, film or otherwise,
0: is actually really, really fucking difficult. Do you want to know what mine is? Yeah, yeah, if you've got it, yeah. It's it's that moment in the first Resident Evil game where that zombie turns around. Turns around, yeah. And I was like, this isn't Chris's blood. Fuck is this? Oh my god. And I absolutely shit myself. I think that was the first time I ever saw a zombie. And again. Not even on, on screen in terms of cinema or TV. It's in mm. a fucking video game, which is referencing and regularly parodying all the other stuff. And welcome to Jack's life of growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, <laughs> of experiencing stuff through parodies before I experience or in some terms never experience the original version. Uh, this, this, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> the, the life of a millennial absorbing pop culture. And even things like The Simpsons, for example, like they, they address zombies quite a few times on the um uh what are they called? Treehouse of horror. Treehouse of horror, thank you. You literally put an Instagram story about that this morning. I did, yeah. Um so yeah, one of my all time favorite Treehouse of Horror episodes is the the zombie like the zombies take a dial Z for zombie, I think it's called. True. And all these different characters from The Simpsons' lore rise from the grave and The Simpsons have to go through and basically try and escape and fight them off. And Homer's shooting them all with a shotgun out of nowhere. I can't remember quite the setup, but, like, the... um, Zombie uh, attack. They're escaping by the car. That's all you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. And Homer is just, like, killing all these neighbours and stuff. And and Flanders goes, Hey, neighbour. Man, if I chew on your ear... (laughs) And Homer just blows him away. (laughs) Oh my God, you killed zombie Flanders. He he was a zombie? (laughs) That's the darkest bit. It's the whole like, I just wanted to shoot one. That's an excuse to kill Flanders. And then some of the most quotable bits are like, um, I can't remember what he says to Shakespeare, but it's like, go die, Shakespeare, eat lead, Einstein. And he's like taking out all the Mm -hmm. history's greatest minds in the the school with a shotgun. (laughs) I just remember that moment. It's like, that was such a quoted thing when I was a kid. It was like obviously doing like physics and studying Shakespeare and stuff, we'd just yeah, be quoting yeah, yeah, Simpsons, yeah, yeah. zombie Simpsons lines at our teachers and <laughs> really irritating them. But yeah, I think it is that kind of stuff. And then I do remember, and I will get onto this in a moment, like really weird parody stuff that I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah. Like the nineties film Braindead. Oh. Which yeah, yeah. is a fucking mess of a weird film. And True. I I saw it. Once again, in classic Jack fashion, in the same way I experienced like Alien and fucking Predator Two when I was far too young to comprehend what was going on properly. Yep, I did it again for Brain Dead because that is <laughs> ninety two, and yes. I was I was I would have been two when that came out, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't see it when I was two no. and old, but I was probably like six or seven, and had probably you know. Stayed up late, or my dad was like, oh yeah, sit down and watch this, Peter Jackson. He'll direct Lord of the Rings one day, you'll love it. Because my, my dad was just predicting the future like that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I had no idea what the hell was going on. And Because that film is such a piss-take parody of the typical Romero stuff. The tropes are all on display. All the tropes are there, are on full display. I had no clue what was going on. But that is probably my, one of my earliest experiences with the cinematic zombie, which is really weird to say. See, I know
1: the the, the collection, shall we say, of cinematic well, zombie exposure, as it were. I just don't know what order it came in. So, for example, I know when I was about nine, I saw uh, Hocus Pocus which has a zombie in it, played by Doug Jones. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know when I was... (laughs) Shit. um, Maybe 11 or 12 or something, when I got my PlayStation 1. Again, Resident Evil. That was a big thing. Um, A couple of cartoon episodes. I think you're right with that. That might have really nailed it down. That sort of first thing would have been a cartoon zombie. Um, There's another one I can't really place in the back of my mind. I think it's going to be like sort of 80s cartoon movies and shit like that that's going to be these, these just bits. And probably playing the board game atmosphere um, in in the mid to late 90s, because the second installment was Baron Samadie, the zombie. Um, and it's just like, oh yeah, zombie. It, it just made sense. And obviously, the song Zombie.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Which is appropriate for you and your Irish heritage, I suppose, isn't it? Talking about the the Cranberries classic, "Rest in Peace," yes. Dolores O'Riordan, but, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to kind of, as you said, it already be such a huge pop culture thing by the time you get around to it, and unfortunately for us as people who are you know born in the eighties and early nineties, as you and I are, that's how we're going to experience the majority of pop culture that we know today because it's kind of already been invented. All all the stuff has been and gone and the origins have already happened in the 10s 20s 30s 40s 50s whatever it is all these different genres and different you know uh parts of science fiction and fantasy and all this kind of stuff have already happened it's kind of like all of history it's all there for you to (laughs) learn
1: it's all available in books and the internet etc etc um the difference is what you're shown by your friends family and teachers and such and what you actually seek out so you're given the, in, in British schools at least, you're given the overviews of like, okay, Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, Vikings, done. What about other stuff? No, 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 no. no. All you need to know is that Spain and France are very bad at colonialism and we ended slavery. <laughs> it's like, um, did we, do we need to learn anything else? No. Oh, uh, oh sorry. Yeah. World War One World War II. There we go. Problem solved. And only when you're older, you start absorbing more stuff. And I think it's the same thing with, with cinema or anything else. It's who's showing you these things? Who's introducing it to you? If, are you the kind of person who's got, like, say, like Jack, for example, a family member who has a very distinct love of a certain type of movie that wants you to see them? Or alternatively, you're just discovering shutting your own randomly and going, the fuck is this? And you find out you either hate it or love it or whatever the hell of it. Um, I think it's also quite interesting to point out that I think, because I know we have very young listeners as well. Not being condescending to you guys, sorry. But like say like in their teens, for example, and it's like I wonder how, because again, you're talking about Walking Dead, for example. That's going to be like one of the biggest things, comics and, and 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 TV in that capacity, and memes and shit, and just in the vernacular,
0: that just that's just very easily be somebody's first exposure to, the concept of zombies these days. Yeah, because you will walk past any you know toy store or somewhere that sells dvds or just browsing on amazon or whatever it is and you will see hey it's daryl from the walking dead or whatever Mm. or you hear that emc's walking dead (laughs) like that was so unavoidable for so many years. thankfully it's kind of died off now and you know Mm. the comics finished and the show is coming to a close i think soon it's Ish. dying a slow death to,
1: to not do a bit of wordplay. That I, I gave up long, yeah.
0: long ago. But yeah, it, it, it's a weird thing to think that that will be some of our younger listeners and younger people's first exposure to zombies. If they're yeah, five, yeah. six, seven, ten years younger than you and I, it's going to be the first exposure to that thing and have... I don't know, like The Walking Dead is a very... Obviously, it's very Romero style. It is mm, very kind mm. of true as say traditionalist i guess in in its interpretation it is very kind of like again it's the revival mindset they kind of go back and do the same thing but the thing they're doing what a lot of romero
1: couldn't at the time they they do it on a scale and the scale is what makes it terrifying um almost like the, it's the climate change mindset it's because it, 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 zombies become an interesting analogy for whatever you're trying to put on them um you know fear of climate change fear of crowds fear of consumerism yada 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 um <clears throat> excuse me, fear of the other, fear of change, whatever. But while Romero had a mall full of zombies, or in later films a town full of zombies, it doesn't really feel doesn't feel very big. Whereas all of Atlanta and let's face it, all of America falling to zombies always looks and feels terrifying, especially in a TV series. And the, you know the fear of it all. So yeah, Let, let's let's. Let's break down the, the bit of this history because we keep referring to it. Break down Matthew. Break it down. Me, it, let's... Break it down. Oh, let's do it. We're not going to go over the earlier stuff too much, the 30s, 40s, etc. Because it is quite vague. Um, and again, I think there are all the puritanical, very purist mindsets which will say, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not a zombie film. Oh, that's definitely a zombie <laughs> film. That's the first one. Well, that's the real first one. It's like trying to find, you know, the first authentic pizza joint in New York kind of thing. It's like, well, don't believe any of it. Um, and also, let's face it, so much of the time period of the 20s and 30s, so many films have been lost that it's hard to even tell who the fuck was first. But the, the, the mainstream, far as everything is concerned, really kicks in properly in the late 60s, in 1968 with Night of the Living Dead. Because that's important. Because <sighs> it's important for a lot of reasons, really. It's an independent horror movie. It was very scary for a lot of reasons. It was had a lot to say as a, as a social commentary during, you know, the civil rights movement and the fact that the main character the the real protagonist sorry, is a young African-American man and, you know this privileged white family in the basement who aren't listening to him. There's a mm-hmm. lot being said in that movie. It's not yeah. just like a, ooh, things coming to get you. It's something like, I that, yeah, obviously, of course it is but there's a lot of levels to that movie. Um, And then when Romero comes back years and years later with the very, very, very long, but very, very, very good Dawn of the Dead, which is one of the. the if anyone ever says, What's a sequel that's bad than the original? Uh, I don't want to say it's Dawn of the Dead, but it might be one of them, definitely. Definitely strong contender. Very different. Same, still, you know, still same, um, almost chamber piece.
0: Same, I think Dawn of the Dead is one of the. If not the definitive zombie film that I think of in terms of going back, Mm. it's like *Night of the Living Dead* and *Dawn of the Dead* are the two that I always think of as like makes sense. The ones that define the genre to me. Again, not coming from a perspective of what I saw first, but what I saw as like, as you said, the Romero style and defining it for a modern audience, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's all. I
1: kept thinking was that's Keenan's dad from *Keenan and Kel*. (laughs) 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 But I do love that film. Um and again it's not it also does a it does quite a bit of mad max to it. It's not just the fact that there are zombies and they have to have this sort of you know create an ecosystem to try and restore society. It's like even when you do that, like a gang motherfuckers will just fuck shit up because that's what they're like. And you're like, God damn it, that was we were just getting somewhere with this. And you know, <laughs> I I I I liked what they were doing with that not necessarily trilogy because there's I think six of them, I'm not sure now. Uh night. Dawn, Day, Land, land Diary. Oh, there's another one.
0: Diary in the same canon.
1: It's God. Romero, so you know. Sure. Um, anyway, but Day, Day, they tried to do anything as well, but he tried to um, talk about you know government experiments and uh, trying to not humanize, but weaponize, shall we say, zombies with. Um, is it Bob? Bud? Some shit like that. I it's remember Bob, it. isn't it? Yeah. Bob, I think mean Bob, yeah. And yeah, trying to get him to like tap into the human side of things. It's an interesting discussion. Just the execution's a bit flat. That's all it is. But that's kind of a key point of the evolution. At that point, zombie mania kind of took over. There was a big, big thing about zombies. And not just the Romero zombies, but this, this sort of general interpretation. Some talk, some don't, some grunts some whatever. They're just a, a thing. They're a, they're a, um much of the same we've got like faceless alien uh hordes to like you know um the justice league or or the avengers to punch in the face and get rid of but that's our our faceless army is what we've got now at the minute that's our thing but then you could have a few versions back then as well so return of the living dead a bit more comedic a bit more horny (laughs) um (laughs) and there'd be all that kind of stuff but In the 80s, it became quickly apparent that after a very short period of time, we're talking about maybe maybe 20 years, 12, 15 years, suddenly zombie movies weren't making much money. They were just seen as tropey, schlocky shit, and they sort of faded out again. Now, obviously, you had the resurgence of, uh, we've mentioned this before in um, the Creature of Black Lagoon episode and a few other things. In the 80s, there was the resurgence of like, oh, universal monsters. That's the real thing. Fuck zombies. Zombies are stupid. You know, what you want is a good... Cool Dracula Or a good Frankenstein That kind of thing You had like You know um, Frank Langella Doing Dracula And things like that And it 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 went back To the familiar tropes As these cycles Almost always do Um, But interestingly There's a bit of a Tennis match here Because we've obviously Talked quite a lot about You know Romero And the West But it seems There has been A tennis match Whereby every time There is a lull The other side Picks it up And bats (laughs) it back so for example, 60s, 80s, well, zombies are huge. Then zombies have gone. Donk. And then Hong Kong goes fucking crazy for zombies. Mm. So yeah. I mean, this is kind of through Mr. Vampire, admittedly. So it's 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 the broad strokes between vampire and zombie and um the Jiangxi, which is this jumping zombie, jumping vampire mythology thing. Um, but there's lots of them that suddenly become really popular. And because of that. You have this sort of like this Speaking rise in the um, in the East, effectively of zombies, um, and 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 this is the key point. This is where Jack and I come into it, because again, zombies have become parody. They don't. They're not as important. They're effectively uh, a comedic villain falling apart. And again, if you can put it in a fucking Disney film, where you got you know like. You bag of bones, Billy! Come on, out of your grave! It's like, <laughs> yeah. Once you're at the point where Disney's doing a parody film with it for kids, you, you're not scary anymore. Um, as with a lot of things, Japan and Hong Kong made it kind of funny, but also kind of scary again. So you have this revival in the East, and, it, and by the way, I should point out, I'm not just talking about Asia, I'm talking about Australasia as well. Ooh. Because, Excited. obviously, as aforementioned by Jack, you've got brain Dead from New Zealand and yeah. both you get lots of comedy but also you get some genuinely scary shit being uh, brought in through again video games and anime and stuff and while it's become unsuccessful and un- almost unmarketable in America to have like a zombie film the east is running with it
0: it's interesting that there's kind of as you said the, the eastern and west kind of cinema t- tends to sort of almost play tennis with zombies where you kind of forget they exist for a while and then you're like, oh, no, wait, there's this thing from Korea or <laughs> Japan or, or, or even India or something like that that will suddenly crop up. Mm. And I mean, there was one that I was uh, talking to, funny enough, friend of the show, the executive producer, Jonathan Firth-Clark, about not too long ago, is Versus yes. from the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't heard of it. I, I think I'd, I'm sorry, I'd, I'd heard of it but not seen it and knew basically nothing about it. And he was like, so, it's like yakuza, right? It's like a yakuza drama, but with zombies and like batshit <laughs> action. It's like it, it, it's it's everything you could imagine from a Japanese zombie film. Like, what, wait, what? When did this come out? How did I miss this? It's like, oh, I was <laughs> nine years old when it came out. That's probably why. Like,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, first saw it when it was on. It was released on DVD, and I saw the cover, and it was just this. Um, the classic, you know, someone staying away from the from the camera, looking over the shoulder with a sword in the the you know the over and, the shoulder and long and coat, a gun,
0: a gun in his hand yeah. long coat, sword over his shoulder. Host Matrix. It was like whatever this is, I'm watching it. Yeah, looks looks like the Matrix or Blade, just like yeah, yeah That's all you need. I can't describe, but
1: camp isn't the right word, but
0: yeah.
1: a very niche uh, cultural touchstone, shall we say, in a in a weird way of uh, identifying things of like, oh no, this is. Something we're very familiar with. And it's something I'm not very familiar with. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't get it. Why is he jumping in the fucking trees like an idiot? This looks stupid. I mean,
0: I like it, but it's stupid. And that's kind of when I came into kind of, you know, being aware of Asian cinema in terms of zombies and stuff like that. But mostly from places like Japan and Hong Kong and places like that that have this kind of long, steeped history of horror films and even, you know, dating back to the 50s and 60s and stuff like that it's a weird kind of transition and and we talk about brain dead another one i always think of is biozombie which is yes, th- yes. the hong kong basically like weird mad parody slapstick comedy stupid it, film it, <laughs> it was gonna say, it is it is very it, silly
1: it's really
0: yeah, it's funny and silly yeah and, uh, and similar reasons why I like brain dead i like biozombie as well yeah but it it's like you said it's weird how they kind of there is a sort of of synchronicity between Eastern and Western cinema with that kind of thing. I think there are for other genres as well, but -hmm. because zombies really seem to come in and out of trend... In a particular cycle. Very much More so than anything else I can think of. I feel like, you know, you and I, obviously, we talked about our our favourite genre in Mm -hmm. Listener Feedback, which is science fiction. And science fiction does go through cycles of different trends. Sometimes you go through the more fantastical stuff. Sometimes, oh, everybody's into hard sci-fi. Let's do a bit of hard sci-fi for a decade or whatever it is. Everybody's doing time travel movies for a bit or whatever. But I feel like zombies really go through peaks and troughs of here's all the silly shit now we're taking it seriously and they tried Mm. to kind of subvert the expectations of the other one (laughs) Um, and whether that's through the different cultures or just the different decades or even with TV like I said Walking Dead is kind of following off from a lot of the other like we mentioned like 28 days later with the rage Mm. virus Mm. like no 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 this is classic zombies. This is yes, this yeah, is back yeah. to basics. There's no rage virus rubbish. This is this is proper zombies. And they never say that word out loud on purpose because they exist in a world where zombies don't exist. Yeah. So they don't say like, oh, you you know, in all the parody films, they're like, oh, it's just like George Romero or like take something like Zombieland. They're referencing all the fucking zombie films. Yep. The whole time. And that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. whereas the walking dead was consciously the opposite of that of this is a world where none of that fiction exists and this is the first time this has happened and we're taking it very very seriously we're going to kill babies mm. in this we're taking this very seriously <laughs> whereas you can kill a baby in brain dead which they do zombie baby and it's just silly mad bullshit and it's interesting seeing the kind of like there seems to be very two very different sides to to zombie films, you either go for the, the parody comedy stuff or go for a more serious thing, or even then go for whether that's Asian or Western, they both seem to be on that cycle and in a similar kind of scale. And that's the
1: key thing it's the cycle. I mean, I know there will always be a few examples here and there where they'll be like, well, what about this one? But if you take, like, say, like, um, let's say aliens, as in not let's say the franchise, but the, the creatures, aliens, extraterrestrial life, it's all over the fucking shop. Um, I mean, we mentioned in the thing episode about how when ET came out, it kind of like we don't want a scary aliens. Thank you, aliens have to be our friends now; they're all nice, and then they're like you know, a wave of aliens are our friends or whatever. And they went back to no, they're things to be feared. Blah blah blah. Um, but it it it's, it doesn't go as as almost clean cut as this, which is actually what's weird about it. It's almost like someone has actively gone back and made it a very neat timeline. You're like. <laughs> That doesn't usually happen. Um, and then the 90s is an interesting one because you get the wave of, of comedy and, y- you know, off the back of like 80s schlock, silly Tales from the Crypt shit, right? And then the 90s are like, oh, no, 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 I remember it being a certain way. We don't want to be too visceral with it. We want to make like more fun for teens and kids. So you end up with like, I say, like bio zombie and brain dead and things. And then in Britain, you get, and I know there's a TV for a second. We're going to make a very slight digression, but it's important. Spaced. Now, when Spaced came out in 1999, I was 15 and it was fucking great.
0: Still good. Still good. I think I saw it when I was about 15 and I fucking mm. loved it as well.
1: It's, it's a good age to watch it. But there was one episode that really stood out and that was the zombie episode. The sort of Resident Evil-inspired zombie episode. Um, The whole show obviously isn't like that. It's just about, you know, these Gen Xers who are just a bit Lost and don't know what to do because they're a sort of lost generation. And I I, I get that, empathize entirely. But most importantly, a lot of that uh, popularity and success is eventually what led to Shaun of the Dead and continuing that sort of very homage heavy, friendly, fun horror comedy. But there's the key point here the second you start flipping from the 90s to the 2000s, shit changes. Zombies are back again very quickly and there are a lot of releases in a very short period of time. Two or three that kind of define everything as much as I don't want to say this because there'll be a lot of people like, you know, crying out that I'm wrong. Resident Evil, which we've covered before.
0: There's a a whole episode on Resident Evil franchise if you want to go back and uh, witness the... Listen to Tim get angry. Yeah, witness the, the birth of angry ranting Tim.
1: Could, could that be what it is? Tim saw literally was on the uh, on the docket. And went nope.
0: <laughs> he saw the two words on the page. He was like Resident Evil. Just went. I'm no, out.
1: Can't do it. Can't do it. No. So 28 days later, Resident Evil and the remake for Dawn of the Dead. They're within two years of each other. 2002 and 2002 and 2004. And zombies aren't funny. Zombies aren't a playful thing. You've got the action side of things. We got you know this team of, running through with machine guns and laser grids and blah 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 in a very condensed space and they're you know chewing through people. Twenty eight days later is terrifying on a different level, a very relatable
0: level at the minute. Mm. Um, you see the the shots of the empty streets of London. I've seen, replications of those almost literal shots with the like mm-hmm. London Bridge and all that kind of stuff just being completely abandoned. You're like. That took a lot of work back then to, to get Killian Murphy and his scrubs to wander about in a closed-off half of London. Like that was a that was a lot of hassle to book. Apparently.
1: Yeah, so, it's it's like crack of dawn sort of shit. I mean, you yeah, they the had to do it like there. four yeah.
0: o'clock in the morning and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like the sun is just up enough that we can get away with filming this. Yep. And it's like then, you've got
1: an hour or half an hour go. And now it'd Fuck. be like
0: like three months ago. Be like, take your fucking pick, mate. Do what you like. <laughs> Have fun, Danny Boyle. Just go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> So you get that, and then you get, and they, and again we have to come back to him. Sorry, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, which is, and listeners might not believe me when I say this. Here we go. Yeah, it it pains me to say this. It's it's a good film. It's good.
1: It is a good film. It's actually a really good remake. (laughs) It's a. And now I'll be taking over for the rest of the episode because Jack has died yeah, yeah. <laughs> of shock. Now, um, it, 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 it's, it's interesting because in 1990, you did a re- they did a remake of Night of the Living Dead. And they tried to make it very serious and tell a different story. And we'll definitely come back to that one a little later. Um, but Dawn of the Dead did the same thing but with the running zombie sort of stuff. And again, made it very visceral. And scary and overwhelming, and the the opening sort of shots, as it were, or the opening scenes where the infection is spreading, because you don't really get that with Dawn of the Dead, the original. They just sort of rock up at the um, at the mall. It's it's very much in the fallout, in the fray, in the madness of it all. But to see, you know, this nurse who then um, her kid turns and stuff and ripping through her, it's just. It's, it's, it's not what one expects, and that's what a remake sometimes needs to do, is do the unexpected before it becomes very familiar and works the tropes in different ways. Anyway. Um, that changed the landscape, and zombies could be scary again. Um, and again, that gave rise to a ton of zombie films, until The Walking Dead. Once you are getting a show that is airing weekly that your aunt watches and likes Daryl on. Oh, God. And you're like, wait, why are you watching the zombie show? I don't, wait, wait, why, are you, why are you fucking into this show? Like, yeah. oh, it's good. It's not just about zombies, though, it's about people.
0: And I know that's what the selling point was, and it's like, that's true. It's yeah, kind of what the walking, the walking Dead has kind of hammered that. Mm-hmm. The real monsters are the other humans. Do you ever think about that? Huh? Huh? But you didn't think about that. We'll ignore all the, you know, cannibalistic literal monsters outside, but <laughs> people are bad. Consumerism's bad, huh? Again, not wrong. (laughs) I mean, it's not wrong, but yeah, they kind of, that then became the narrative for so many different zombie things Mm -hmm. of like, well, yeah, the the, the real bad guys are the survivors. Mm. And they're worse. Even worse than actual flesh-eating monsters. (laughs) And I think that shift is important because Mm. that, as you said, suddenly everyone and their fucking aunt He's wearing, like, I I killed zombies on the back of Daryl's motorbike t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. Notice we keep saying Daryl because he's the one all the mums like.
1: <laughs> Until he's the one helping the show and then nobody really seems to care anymore. Yeah,
0: he's, he's the, for those of you who don't know, Daryl Dixon is not in the comics. He was introduced for the TV show. And as far as I understand, spoilers for The Walking Dead, but I also don't know if this is true, so I don't know if it's a spoiler. He's pretty much the only survivor of the original cast at this point. Or the one that's still on the show. I think some have left the show. Probably. Some of them have died. He seems to be about the only one left. I saw the poster for, like, the final season coming soon. Is Carol a series one? Maybe. It's Daryl, Daryl and Carol are basically all that's left. Daryl and Carol. Daryl and Carol. And, and, and I, I hate that that is a thing now. That's, like, two characters that should have not been around and now like the Mm. the series leads by the end of it but when that explosion of popularity happened suddenly everybody cared about zombies but as you said Matt people don't watch that show because of the zombies Mm. and Heart, nobody's fucking aunt went and did that and then was like, oh, I fell out like watching, you know, Day of the Dead. <laughs> Letting go back to the 80s or the 70s or the no, 60s or whatever no. it was and be like, you know what? You, do, what do you want for Christmas, Auntie Tina? Like, um, Tina! <laughs> that's my real aunt's name. <laughs> <laughs> She's never going to listen to it. It's fine. Um, what do you want for Christmas? Like, oh, um, I'd like a I'd like a I heart Daryl t-shirt and a, and a George Romero box set <laughs> said literally no one ever No. <laughs> like, it didn't feel it didn't really cross over and as much as it was an exposure for so much of the wider public to that genre and to zombies as a as a thing it didn't really you know affect the rest of the
1: well, pop culture m-
0: around it, if that makes sense. Most importantly, and this is something that
1: the comic industry always talks about, I doubt that said aunt then said, can you get me every vo- every uh, volume of, of The Walking Dead the comic? No. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, the comic has been the number one selling comic. Like, vo- Volume one of The Walking Dead was the best selling comic, like seven years in a row or something like that. It it was ridiculous, because when I was doing the intercomics podcast, before we started my, my one of my previous comics podcasts, we would do uh, top monthly books, and then an mm-hmm. annual roundup, and almost every month in the top three was Walking Dead Volume 1, and the latest volume of The Walking Dead, so it'd be like... That's crazy. Number one is Volume, I don't know, 17 or 25, or whatever the fuck it mm. was at the time. And then number three is volume one. And volume one just sold hundreds, if not thousands of copies a month. And I don't know how. Like, who doesn't own, who is interested in that and doesn't own it by that point? How are there still three, four, 5,000 people buying that thing? Just because they've only just switched on the AMC show or like? I guess. I don't know. It's very strange. But yeah, there, there was no kind of, i don't know kind of back popularity going back towards the rest of it mm. how many people have seen the walking dead have gone back and seen brain dead like no no or, or bio zombie like the, the two silly films you mentioned earlier
1: yeah but that yeah that's because that's cause that's Cause true of most they're tricks. so
0: far removed from that it's almost like they're completely separate things yes obviously you can have you know subgenres within a particular genre like i mean we're talking about comic books how people lump comic book movies together. Oh, yeah. And they're like, and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, do you, you like Road to Perdition? That's a fucking comic book movie, motherfucker. Like, History of Violence know, with Viggo Mortensen. Do you like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 I mean, like, you know, you know, the Marvel stuff. So you mean what exactly? Like, well, superhero stuff. Right. Okay. You need to be, again, you need to be slightly more specific that because you've got mm-hmm, genres mm-hmm. within that genre as well. Yeah. Uh, but comic book has become this label where you just assume, oh, they mean the MCU. That by default, all they mean the DC stuff, and there's yeah. nothing in between. There's no mention of how 300 is a comic book movie, Road to Perdition, a history of violence, uh, Persepolis, like <laughs> all these. <laughs> Which, admittedly, we should point
1: out in a bit of a n- n- not in a gatekeeper, but but definitely in a in, in a voice of experience way. At some point in our lives, when we were younger, we definitely thought the same way. We definitely would have said, "Oh, a comic book movie," until you realize what a comic book movie could be and is, and also
0: this also counts so yeah. i I, yeah. I i meant it in a way when people use it as a derogatory no exactly where, i know exactly oh yeah. what you mean okay yeah. like the whole the, the marvel u- universe doesn't count and shouldn't be awarded oscars because it's no, just no, a no, just no. a comic book movie yeah. that that phrase is redundant at this point because they and so many other films have transcended that label and i think the same is true for zombie films because now you have so yeah. many different things and so many different interpretations and so many different subgenres genres and Video games and novels mm. and comics and everything in between. I mean, the the recent TV show, um, iZombie, for example. Oh, yeah. Where, like, again, based on comics, but completely different interpretation of a very intelligent zombie, and yeah. she's the main character, and you've had stories like that a, a film we haven't mentioned yet but one a, i kind of forget exists until we start talking about zombies is colin have you seen that film oh, the, colin. the little yeah, yeah. indie um film made mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. literal shoestring budget of like it's the one 50 of which talks about when you get into
1: independent movie and filmmaking they say oh but
0: colin was a huge success and you're like, yeah, 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 i mean a huge success is yeah sure <laughs> it was made <laughs> for like 50 quid and made like thousands of pounds You're like huh, oh, huh um Fun fact, friend of a friend. I know, I know one of the guys who worked on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, that's how I kind of discovered it. And mm-hmm. they were like, it's the first time a zombie film has been made. Right. We'll, we'll get this. Get this right. Get this. You're listening. It's made from the perspective, right? You're listening. I'm listening. Of the zombie. It's fucking mental. And he's called Colin it's mad mate it's unbelievable you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it when you watch it it's like i mean i very much believe this (laughs) this is is the lowest. i mean i talked about primer back in the time travel episode like this is this is the lowest budget film i've ever seen and i've worked on matt's Dogdon productions with literally zero budget hello (laughs) (laughs) and
1: this is what i don't understand personally as a filmmaker People tend to go into either horror or comedy as the first thing they want to make. Both of which are really fucking difficult.
0: Yeah, do people see that as like the, the easy genres to get into? I don't it's get weird. it. I don't get it. You're totally right though. I think people see, especially comedy, and we're going off on a hell of a tangent here, but we'll come back to this in a second. Sure, sure. It's the influence of people like Linklater and then him mm. influencing Kevin Smith. So we've yeah. talked about clerks before on this show. We've talked about the influence of the incredibly low budget, you know, single camera shot kind of yes. anyone can do it kind of style of filmmaking. And and Slacker by Richard Linklater is what inspired Kevin Smith to be like, does this count as a film? Yeah, exactly. So I can, I can, I can chuck a couple of my friends on screen and just sit a camera in a room and they talk and that's a fucking movie. Oh my God. I'm a filmmaker. This is amazing. <laughs> I can do what I like. This is so easy. And I think people see that as like, well, you can just make comedy with like, a people sat in a room, wandering about, talking, walking easy, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. C- can you write jokes? No, no I mean, they're, they're funny people. They, All they're, my friends say they're, they're funny. They're, 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 should yeah, they comedy? I have a bunch of funny friends, says yeah. everyone ever, who never has a bunch of funny friends. It's someone who just usually... Keeps laughing and says, we,
1: we, "We have this one guy in our group. <laughs> <laughs> his, his name is Steve." <laughs> I can't. <even laughs> I can't. Okay, okay, okay. One time, Steve, right? Um, you really uh, had to be there, though. You had to be there. there. Yeah. But he had this plastic bag, and it was it was fucking hilarious. And like, you aren't fucking funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always stuff like that, and they go yeah. in with no script, and you're like, "I oh, know, I'm uh, independent filmmakers." Matt and I to um, me much to a lesser extent obviously but Matt very much to an extent is an independent filmmaker himself we're not disparaging you you no, do you, make, you. M- make your own stuff tell your own stories do what you like but I think the reason people are drawn to those two horror stuff he seems like you can chuck a bunch of makeup on and you can get a... it might you've be dre- fun you've dressed up for Halloween right? you can just put fucking yeah. zombie makeup on and just go and be a zombie for like 10 minutes and you've got a film you'll be fine the Blair Witch Project came out. That looks very easy. People think it's easy to do. Fucking perfect example there as well. I mean, again, we talked about found footage stuff fairly recently, yeah, like yeah. that gave you the... I've got a camcorder and now everyone has got a fucking phone in their pocket that is an HD 2K, 4K, whatever it yeah, is kind yeah. of thing that you're able to shoot basically professional quality. We We've had actual, you know... Was it award-winning? I can't remember what film it was that was shot on iPhones fairly recently that came out.
1: Soderbergh's been doing a few of them, so they're definitely out. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: I've done a web series that's award-winning that's been shot on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> to and, prove a point, almost but, yeah, yeah the, exactly, yeah. But I think people see, people see that as those as like the easy stepping stones to to making films. Yeah, nobody goes in and it's like you can't just go in straight with. And hey, again, hate to reference again, but like with the superhero film. You probably don't have the budget unless you're trying to do something like Chronicle. And even then, it's lots of special effects and blah, blah, blah. Whereas with a lot of horror stuff, you can do it with in-camera special effects and makeup and stuff that is much, much cheaper than doing CGI and mm. or finding a guy who knows how to use Premiere or Photoshop or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah.
1: But this reminds me, uh, yeah. Stuart and I watched a film recently, well, no, I say recently, several months ago, before the pandemic. <laughs> but that was you know about
0: nine months ago <laughs> yeah
1: um but no we were watching um a horror film about nazi zombies that was once a video nasty and i can't remember what it was called oh wow lake of zombies or some shit um but it was crap <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible film um and the zombie makeup was literally just, just green paint really shit green paint so they came out of the water and the green paint was coming off them already <laughs> <laughs> fucking stuff. awful like nice. really really shitty made film I like annoyingly i can't remember the People in the Discord and on the, on the internet, I'm sure they'll tell me what it was. Anyway, the point is everyone has a pop at it and sometimes you get a really successful, surprising release. Other times you get something that is a, utter dross. But as I said before, f- you know, for every time you think this is stupid and going nowhere and you're like fucking around with your friends, that can be, j- that can be just fun in and of itself, just doing that. But every now and again you'll get someone who actually makes something that's really unique and fun and interesting and go, holy shit, you're good at this. You should do more of this going back to the the wave of popularity and things, when it became in the 80s that it was just, oh, let's just make it spoof parody and lots of sex. Very, very hornball sort of shit. Um, the difference, which is very weird in the 2010s, was it started because of the oversaturation, because of The Walking Dead, etc. Zombies were in everything. Everything was a zombie game. Uh, Left for Dead was a zombie thing. Mm. Resident Evil was coming back. It was all, Everything was all zombies all the time. Um, uh, Call of Duty had a zombie mode in every single game. Which is a strange, weird thing to include in a World War II or modern warfare game, but it's like everyone expects the zombies games. I was like, oh, okay, fine. It's it's a horde mode, it's just things that keep on coming. But zombies are fun, so fuck it. And then stories changed in the 2010s to zombies who could be our friends, zombies who could be our allies, zombies who could be our love interests. (laughs) Um, Maybe off the back of Twilight? Who knows? So rather than the 80s, that sort of grubby porky <laughs> style lechery or whatever, it, it was more a genuine heartfelt story like um, uh, Life After Beth, or Warm Bodies, or, or, or Eye Zombie, as you, as you mentioned. And taking that Romeo and Juliet polar opposites being attracted is, it's an odd way to go. It's interesting, but it's kind of odd. Um, but, it, but it's a way that effectively kills off a lot of that fear. By by domesticating the monster, you know, making them misunderstood. This is, of course, turned its head quite significantly by the East in 2016, 2017, and so on and so forth. Um, and to be fair up to this day. Um, in 2017, Japan released a film called Uh One Cut of the Dead. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was a record-breaking disparity between its its budget and box office, in that it was a huge success. 2016, however. Saw the release of South Korea's Train to Busan, along with the animated accompaniment, sort of accompanying piece called Seoul Station. And I fucking love that film, but we'll come back to that later. But while there have been zombie stories from all over the world, Train to Busan is almost always introduced with a fascinating little caveat it's the first South Korean zombie film. And, and and that, that, that sentence doesn't oh, make right. so sense. Oh, right, like
0: it's like a remake of one from the 80s, right? Like, there must be, like... Yeah, obviously, that's the That's their... What? No, no, exactly. It's like,
1: no. It's like, oh, well, you mean the first one they've done, like, you know, in 20 years. No.
0: In... No. It's the first. Now, there
1: are, I think, two or three very low-budget, small, independent movies that have a sort of zombie-esque element. To them, back to that sort of glassy, white-eyed henchman, sentient golem kind of thing from the thirties. But this is their first big, major production, like uh, you know, blockbuster film, and it's like that. Co- and, and 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 again, that 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 um that logic feels nonsense because like, how can you just wade into this in 2016 when there is almost what 80 years of these kind of movies and a, a very solid 60 years of these movies? where these tropes have been run to the ground, how can you bring anything new to it? And I think the truth is, much like the whole nature of an independent cinema or independent filmmaker coming to something fresh, you're like, because it is fresh, because it is new to us,
0: and because we are... Certified trying to fresh, develop. if you will. Rotten Tomatoes joke there for your listener.
1: I approved of it. Um, but yeah, Trinity Besson, which then gave rise to Rampant and Alive. And I think it's The Kingdom, which is the Netflix TV series. So they're doing... And, and to an extent, The Wailing, kind of. Um, but South Korea is now going zombie heavy. They're like, this is, we've got it now. This is our renaissance. We're now doing zombie films. Um, Why didn't so just when tell we, us about this 40 years ago? This is amazing. Yeah, once we've just sort of dropped off, we're like, oh my God, we're done with Resident Evil and all the various bits and pieces. We can't do any more of these things. You know, South Korea says, we've just found this box that says zombies. We've gone through it. Turns out <laughs> these things are really cool. I'm gonna I'm going to leave this one to Jack to read out because I... Did some research on this, and I said to myself, very much out loud in Jack Manor, "Fuck off,"
0: because I <laughs> thought that can't be right. Well, Matt hinted at it earlier that the highest-grossing horror films, the top fifty, only features five zombie films. Unbelievable! You'd think it would be a considering how again how oversaturated we are these days, it would be a higher percentage of the top fifty. But don't that zombie films as low budget as they often are, often don't grow to the highest amounts either. Mm. However, as we have learned from a previous episode, (laughs) you just can't kill the Resident Evil franchise. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, three of the top five are from that fucking train wreck of a franchise.
1: See, I wonder if it's to do with home media release the cult mindset of not getting cinematic distribution and that these things come from smaller production houses and you don't tend to see this stuff. But
0: yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. If you're thinking of the list of what these things might be other than the three Resident Evil films, I'm,
0: I'm, I don't know if you'll get them. I'm I'm not going to lie. I I would have guessed the other two, which we'll get to in a second because they're probably the highest budget zombie films I can think of okay okay in terms of like big huge productions as part of hollywood and stuff that really kind of embrace the the zombie and a a twist on the zombie thing as well but Mm. i'll start with the resi stuff because we've already discussed their frankly ridiculous box offices in the previous episode yeah resident evil retribution in at number 43 with 240 million dollars then jumping up quite way to number 27 with Resident Evil Afterlife, which is $300 million. Mm-hmm. Then a couple of spaces up, and number 24 is Resident Evil The Final Chapter, $312 million. So there you go. 43, 27, 24 in the slots of the top 50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other two are in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a jump. But they're also considerably higher budget than... Mm-hmm the fucking Resident Evil franchise, as we Mm -hmm. discussed, their budget slowly declined, (laughs) even though they kept making money somehow. Mm -hmm. Go listen to that episode. There's a whole rant on it. Don't worry. The other two are four and five, respectively. And I think the one that has kind of not redefined, because I don't think it had as much cultural impact as they wanted, but as you mentioned, the big horde of Mm -hmm. zombies that has kind of like really been popularized by this is an adaptation of a book that couldn't be more different to the film if it tried. (laughs) And it's a a weird one. It Mm. is the Brad Pitt starring World War Z in at number five, making, and ready for this, more than half a billion dollars (laughs) at $540 million.
1: We should point out that was still technically a flop, because because it costs so much money (laughs) it costs so much money
0: (laughs) is fincher still working on the sequel do we even know it's been cancelled as of last year
1: (laughs) yeah there you go that's so yeah it might it might
0: again like zombies it might come back rise from the dead once more and (laughs) yeah they were talking about like how they were going to turn it into a trilogy and it was going to have this like grounded, like, it's going to be the Jason Bourne series of the zombie world and all this kind of stuff, which is kind of what you've been done with The Walking Dead. Like, that's the grounded, gritty, realistic stuff. But World War Z is based on a book that is basically just, like, how do you describe it? Like, it's diaries, like, isn't it? Yeah, testimonials it's, and just, it's testimonials and diary entries and just, like, I Which is what Dracula was. Yes, exactly. The original yeah. Dracula was just, like, tales and stories and all this kind of stuff but no actual kind of interlocking plot or thread and certainly no you know a million zombies piling up against a fence or a building and creating this like tidal wave of the undead that has now become the iconic thing from this film but it was made for just under 200 million dollars apparently however Mm -hmm. this was disputed because there were a load of reshoots that they had to do like famously had to do a lot of reshoots almost in a snyder cut style way where they had to plug in another oh i don't know 70 million (laughs) dollars just (laughs) casually and apparently it was a fucking nightmare so it ended up costing closer maybe even slightly more than a quarter of a billion so 250 million dollars
1: So that five hundred again—it's a lot of money, but not the kind of money that they were. And horror doesn't cost a lot most of the time. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Into terms, as we're talking about, there's another zombie film with a budget of literally fifty pounds. <laughs> you take Colin on one hand, and you take Well War Z on the other. I'm um, going to find the, the proper
1: numbers for One Cut of the Dead for a second. One second. So I, I know sure. I skipped over it earlier, but I, I want to now get it. Um, here we go. So, uh, One Cut of the Dead is was made for. 3 million yen, which is $25,000. Yeah. It made 3.12 billion yen, which is th- 31 so million yeah.
0: dollars. A, thou- a thousand times yeah. more, yeah.
1: It it, it made uh, box office history, history by earning over a thousand times its budget, which again is unheard of.
0: That's pretty impressive. Yeah.
1: And again, on top of that, it's it's actually quite fucking good. <laughs> because it if I remember correctly, still has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: It's yeah, it's yeah. Go yeah. go go watch it. It's only a couple of years old. It's good. And on the other higher end budget of things, and yes. bear in mind this is production budgets, again, as we always say, these do not factor in the marketing budgets and that is no, usually no, no. as much again. The general rule of thumb, if this is your your first sort of episode hearing us talking about budgets and film budgets. Say it costs $100 million to make a film, round it up and double it basically to $200 mm-hmm. million considering all the marketing and all the extra stuff and all the press and all the bollocks you have to do. Yeah. Double your budget, and that's what you're talking about for most Hollywood productions. So, if your friend yeah. has a shit
1: conservatory and you say, wow, how much did this set you back? Oh, it, uh, maybe a thousand pounds. I don't think so. I think you spent 10 grand on this <laughs> and you just don't want to tell me. Um, it's obviously it's always you know the the figures that are disclosed is never the entirety of what they've spent so when people say oh it was a disappointment it was like
0: how you made like more money than i could even dream of it's like
1: not enough money
0: yeah and in that in that case with a 250 to 260 million dollar budget for world war z and you're talking just over 500 million you're barely making your money back and for such a huge investment of time and you know, it, it was fucking everywhere when this film came out. It kind of took over bus stops and, and mm. app TV advertising space and everything like that. It's it's still around. I think there's an app game that's
1: still popular, or at least maybe it's a PS4 game. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've seen there's a still...
0: A, oh, yeah. So what they try to still milk the money out of it. Yeah, Wobblesy, the game came out, I want to say, earlier this year or late last year. Mm. And it is basically Left 4 Dead clone. Yeah, it's a, it's a twist on the left for dead party co-op uh, survival kind of level by level kind of theme which apparently is again, quite good
1: for, for a seven-year-old movie that's a strange branding to, to take but then if again if it's one of the most as we've now clarified as it's one of the most successful zombie movies ever made
0: people know about it yeah it's bizarre and coming off of max brooks's books the zombie survival guide was the first one he did and then followed that up with world war z yeah it kind of must well, re- again repopularized it but it's around the same time as the walking dead this is all happening mm-hmm. at the same time in america in the west like oh suddenly everybody's we're back on the cycle of zombies again and suddenly it's the hottest shit in the world and yeah uh yeah the world war z game came out last year april, april of last year weird and uh I guess they just kind of just chuck the the name on it because it's a franchise and they could have probably done a it. thing where
1: we ha- already had something in development and said we'll just brand it that. Yeah. And make it sell probably. More.
0: Almost certainly. Yeah. But if it's good, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And the other high budget one is again, lo- loosely zombie films, but kind of zombie film thing, depending on how you interpret this. It's back to the Hong Kong is it a zombie, is it a vampire? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It is 2007's I Am Legend. Mm. AKA the film with the greatest twist. Greatest in twist of all history. time. Brilliant. AKA Don't watch it now because of
1: pandemics. Samantha. Mind blown. Like okay, right? Anyone new to this episode, or the first episode, like, what the fuck are
0: they talking about? Go back to the sort of film twist episode. Go back to the film twists episode and you'll uh, you'll enjoy Matt talking about a dog for about 20 minutes. <laughs> that had a budget of about 150 million dollars and made five hundred and eighty-five million dollars. So that is a significant budget and made you know a few hundred million dollars yeah. on top of that as well. That, that's that's a decent showing, hmm. but as we said. That film is weird because again, it's based on a book, in mm. in a similar way to World War Z, where it's very different from the book in a lot of places, and gets a bit weird and preachy, and and kind of like oh follow follow the um, angel or whatever it is, or so there's like a there's weird <laughs> religious shit just chucked in there for no reason. There's a gender swapping dog. It's it's very strange, and. There was very like a lot of controversy with like director's cut. I mentioned the Snyder cut earlier. Like there was a big thing with having the director's cut. So Francis Lawrence had followed the I I say the angel, the butterfly um, thing a bit a bit more closely, and then yeah, uh, to to spoil it, turns out that the 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 humans are the bad people after all, and. And Robert Neville is the bad guy because there's the whole at the end of the book. I think it is they discuss like we're not the bad people. We're the majority, and you're the one that's going around killing us yeah. for no fucking reason. You're the one with a big sniper rifle going around taking us out in the streets for seemingly no reason. What have we ever done to you? Whereas in the film, they're kind of vampire zombies, and they yeah, and they they are kind of objectively evil cannibals. Yeah. And the film does not do the whole like, oh no, yeah, it's everything. You know? Because of
1: the nature of how it's presented in the story of the film and how, what is shown and what the story of the present of the book, the ambiguity is gone. So that reveal isn't as good. So all you have is the dog is Samantha. Um, <laughs> but I would say that, I still, I still think it's an interesting movie. I still think Will Smith has a great performance in it, but it's just a bit of a muddle really. Um, but it's still kind of a zombie film and therefore kind of still counts. And it's weird to think of that is the most successful zombie movie and we're here sitting here saying we don't entirely think it's a zombie movie.
0: <laughs> That's the it, thing, yeah.
1: It's, it's a very strange one. Um, but just, just to stick with this top 50 for a second, because again, I can't just enough. The top 50 earning or highest grossing horror movies and only five of them are zombie films. I find that very unusual. But Jack, would you like to have a guess at what the, let's say monster for just broad terms, what would be the most oft-occurring or the most prevalent uh, monster of choice in the top 50? Basically, what is the thing that the public do like? What do they sink all their money into?
0: Vampires.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Um, Would be my guess.
1: No, that's a good guess. That's a very solid guess.
0: Um, Because... because I assume we're very much not including the Twilight franchise here. The, that's, no, that's that not
1: horror. That's the thing. That's, that's gothic yeah. romance, which gets very tricky.
0: Mm. So the list
1: officially doesn't include that as horror. Um, so vampires, although they do appear on here, don't appear on the most. Okay. Would you like another stab? Uh, werewolves. Oh. There's actually not that many werewolf films at okay. Okay. the moment. Okay. You other thing like that, Ginger Snaps and Wolfman, and obviously the Wolfman and... Werewolf in London and stuff like that. American Werewolf in London, but no overall not Team that, many. that Team kind Wolf, of stuff. classic. True,
0: it's it is. Um, I mean,
1: at the end of the day, you usually have to think. Let's face it; most of the biggest, highest budgets and stuff, even when you adjust for inflation, comes down to the last twenty years. Yeah, mostly. Sure, sure. I'll give you. I'll give you one more guess. Um,
0: I don't think I'm. Um, see, I'm. My mind's kind of stuck on Universal Monsters now. No, I expect.
1: I think by doing that, you're gonna get it wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's fair, but wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the hint, no, oh quizmaster. Um, I uh, will think. How many monsters?
1: Yeah, so, monsters are misnomer. I think it's the problem.
0: Yeah. Um, like slasher films, like the fucking mm, the Halloweens and and the Halloween doesn't make that much money, oddly enough. There's, um, a, even there's Halloween... like thirty of the fuckers. Isn't I it? know, like...
1: but even like the 2018 one only made like 250 million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's rubbish. a lot of money. But but you yes, remember it's because there are rated movies that limits the audience. Are You're you about to do a Samantha and like get some weird, very specific thing that I was never going to get a million. Probably
1: years. people might get miffed, but fuck it, why not? Um, monetarily speaking, if you ignore the, if you include Twilight vampires, then yes, it's vampires. Um. <laughs> But no, um, the answer is ghosts. Fuck. Well, all the paranormal activity stuff. Um, yeah, you did, could argue did did anything they make money with possession. Off the
0: first couple.
1: I mean, things like not especially, but the things like the conjuring that came out of Annabelle and other bits and pieces, and the things that gave rise to. Again, did they make money? They made a fucking fortune. Really? Um each conjuring movie made three hundred million dollars.
0: Fuck off. It's like each, the Resident sorry, Evil franchise Conjuring
1: movie. the conjuring and the conjuring two is more than all the Resident Evil films individually. Uh, the Nun made three hundred and sixty-five. That's a sort of zombie uh, sorry you, uh, ghost possession sort you of You what, thing. mate.
0: Yup film I've never heard of. Uh
1: the highest grossing film, horror film, uh before it was dethroned by it, which is an alien. Um was The Sixth Sense, which is about ghosts.
0: I would argue that's not a horror film, but sure. I know, sure. I know.
1: It's a very, like like all lists, point of contention. Like, does The Ring, in all its different versions, is that a ghost story? Or is that ooh. a monster story, a zombie story? What is that? What is she? Yeah. She's a cursed girl. So, yeah, d- d- cur-
0: but she's cursed and d- a dead child, right? So I guess she's a ghost. Yeah, yeah, but then, she doesn't know comes out. They're fucking spirits and ghosts and stuff. So.
1: The yokai shit, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Mm. anyway, so there's food for thought for you all there. Really. Just that the zombies don't make as big an impact as I would have thought. The serial killers are quite high, like Hannibal Lecter and stuff. But that's separate. Ne-
0: next, next inter season, the ghosts <laughs> episode. Ghost Not, episode. Uh, I was thinking shit like Ghostbusters, but this is specifically horror movies. So it's like, yes. How strange. Let's let's not dwell on this too much. Yeah,
1: genre classification <laughs> is literally literally bullshit. We just use it because it's a good, you know, uh, l- a language for us to sell shit to you, like this episode.
0: <laughs> exactly. So let's move away from the history, move away from the box office a little yes, bit, yeah. and dive a little bit deeper into our brains, Ooh. if you will. Here's a question. Would you say
1: your memories of zombies are stronger in video game form or film form? Hmm. Because I think, again, our generation we were exposed to zombies through, largely, yes, films and TV, but also video games very strongly. And lots of the fuckers.
0: Yeah, probably probably video games originally. Now, when you say zombies and i think of the films i'm about to mention i suppose but of course of course yeah resident evil and um oh god what the hell is it called the arcade game oh house of the dead house of the dead thank you yeah the house of the mm-hmm. dead games
1: also famous films
0: by Uwe ball exactly yeah and fucking <laughs> they're fucking terrible arcade games and they're fucking terrible films i agree yeah
1: terrible in general
0: some of the worst dialogue i've ever heard is in house of the dead 4 i want to say house of the dead 3 where there's a giant zombie mother and the main antagonist wants to crawl back in her giant zombie vagina and it's all real weird <laughs> he's very specific about it it's gross I, I i think one
1: of our friends ben who on the, from the super power <laughs> hour and he um he always goes on about the house of the dead dialogue being so wonderfully shit it's insane and the deliveries are just i mean i know video game delivery can be awful but you
0: know like really stupid terrible crap so we mentioned it a couple of times already i'm going to kick things off with one of my favorite films of my teenage years and certainly one of my favorite zombie films and spinning off of something you mentioned earlier specifically matt coming out yes. of, coming out of space and the success and acclaim of that zombie episode in particular, brought on the, 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 again, the the definitive zombie film of my teenage years, Mm. Shaun of the Dead, which is the Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, um, amalgamation of all, all your favorite zombie tropes in Mm -hmm. one film filtered through a very, silly, Late nineties, early two thousands, British comedy filter, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Put <laughs> simply, <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it it's it's interesting because by that point, in the, just the zeitgeist in general, there was so much in the public consciousness about zombies, both silly and scary, that the film could capitalise on it quite well. You don't necessarily need to have out seen the films it's referencing directly, or get the the typical, you know, right isms where it's like, "We're well, coming to we get you, Barbara," you know, down the phone. It's it's like that's a funny joke if you know what the what they're doing. You don't need that in order to to to, to survive the movie, as it were. You could just get through, and it, it's also in that sort of era where it's self aware, and unlike trying to push it back to something serious, it's like, "Are there any?" Uh... Zombies out there don't say the Z word, it sounds stupid.
0: Yeah, but are there? Yes, because <laughs> oh, they, it's, they draw the curtains and it's uh, they draw the curtains. again.
1: uh, yep, yep, it's the walking zombies as well. So it's a whole, it's a whole like, well, we can get random, but there's a lot of them, and it's you know, and, and but it's also got a nice, you know, emotional story and things. So, yeah,
0: all right, who died and made you king of the fucking zombies? Like... <laughs> where's your impression uh, no actually that is pretty good yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and they just blend in with a horde of zombies by just stumbling about and making mm-hmm. silly zombie noises um, Which,
1: again, is a fucking Walking
0: Dead plot point in some series later, it but is. done seriously. Yeah, and then they yeah. smear themselves in, the, again, to take it to the like gritty extreme of, you got to cover yourself in entrails. And in the muck of it Do all. a fucking Bear Grylls version. Survivalist and all this kind of stuff. I had oh, and a fucking bird shit enema. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I became a zombie. Zombie That's apocalypse. Fair. Better drink my own piss. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Brilliant. <laughs> But then they they do all the twists on that where they take, I mean even the the newscast and the the flicking through the channels at the beginning, they do a brilliant bit where they tell the story of um how the zombie outbreak has happened with Sean flicking through the different channels, yeah, and just being like, "There's the newscaster. There's an interview with this guy." Then is it is it is it blur? What's it? No, it's Coldplay. It's, Coldplay. Coldplay, it's an interview yeah. with Coldplay. You yeah. know, like, oh, yeah, we just can't believe it. The un- walking dead are alive on our streets, and the prey is killed by the predator. And it's like, it skips through all these different channels, and it basically tells you how this mm-hmm. like, really clever exposition through yes. sneaky little editing tricks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the uh, removing the head or destroying the brain phrase, I. I mentioned earlier is a literal newscast of like hey guys we know how zombies work because this is a (laughs) universe where zombies exist Yeah, where they're literally playing a game where they're shooting zombies in the beginning when they're playing video games and it takes all of that and just mashes it up and puts a like I said a hilarious churns it through a hilarious filter and makes it the one of the silliest stupidest funniest films of you know, fifteen-year-old Jack's life, and it was just mm-hmm. a. I mentioned it in my feel-good films. I'll mention it again here because it's just something I feel is endlessly quotable. But yeah, I hasn't particularly aged well in a few other ways, and I don't yeah. like Edgar Wright much anymore. So, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Fifteen-year-old Jack loved it, but yeah, yeah, it's a complicated
1: release in that regard. I I would agree. Um. And again, it's like, how do we do with the female characters? Nah, don't worry about it. They're just meant to be saved. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, But I think it still holds a fair amount of war. I think it's got a lot of uh, nostalgia behind it. for What? A fucking 16-year-old movie now, which is a terrifyingly weird thing to say. Um, And I can understand why it'd be on your list. That makes sense. Definitely. Um, I'll bounce in with a similar one. This is one I didn't mention in my early memory, because this is what I watched when I was very young. I spent about 13 years old or some shit. I know it's not very young, but you know what I mean? It's fucking 18. I should be watching it. Um, and that's Night of the Living Dead. I should clarify, however, that's the 1990 Night of the Living Dead.
0: The remake.
1: The remake.
0: Uh, the Savini P- one. Psycho-esque. Almost mm-hmm. shot for shot remake.
1: Yeah. So, I thought in my, you know, in the childlike nevity when you first see these things, this is Night of the Living Dead. It's called Night of the Living Dead. It's Night of the Living Dead. It's old. It wasn't that old. It's a couple of years old. At best. I think I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you just assume that's the first one because that's what you're, you know, you, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the nature of you, you, your ignorance when you first get into stuff. You just go, oh, this must be what they all are. It's like, no, 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 no. That's the first one you found. So, I have a distinct fondness for it. It does a lot of the stuff that the original does anyway. It does it very well. Romero approached Savini directly and said, I want you, to, I'm going to do a new, there's a new Night of the Living Dead film. I want you to work on it. And he's like, Oh, wow, I'd love to do visual effects and puppetry and that. We'll makeup and stuff. He said, No, 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 I want you to direct it. It's like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, and I find that fascinating because it's that lack of confidence. It's like, no, 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 you can do this. And I really like that film. Tony Todd is genius in it. There are so many different additions, And the character of Barbara isn't just this, oh my God, <laughs> screaming, hysterical, catatonic waste. She's, for lack of a better word, a 90s woman. She's like, no, I want something to do as well. I've, I've had my screaming, I've had my moment. Show me what to do. I'm not fucking around here. And then, you know, I guess spoilers that one. She survives to the end of the movie. It's, a, it's it takes a different turn to it, and I actually really like it. I I I think it's better than the original, and I appreciate the importance of the original. And it's probably more nostalgia talking in that regard because the effects are better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I I fucking love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, and it's very weird to say that, but I'm going to bat to you, Jack. Would you say that a remake is better than the original?
0: I. <sighs> <laughs> uh, Really like this Zack Snyder film.
1: Sorry, I think the levels are a bit low that I've be able to peak the audio, but I think we should probably get that one more time. I think the just just for the the listeners.
0: <laughs> Some zombies walking Is that past. Loud there. enough for you?
1: No, one one more one more
0: time. Okay. I really like 2004's Dawn of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> My name. My name is Jack, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jack. <laughs> Forgive me, Matthew, for I have sinned. That's fair. I've, That's I've fair. enjoyed a Snyder film.
1: It's it's one of the first major Snyder films. Everyone's allowed to like it. It's fine.
0: It's before he got absolutely unbearable. To be fair, it, it's it's well made. It's, it's good. It's, it's some good acting. Thing Rains is good in it. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of good performances in that one. I, I was yeah, surprised. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the thing on our list, and this is the sacrilege. Just for people really pissed off with us, we've re- we, you know our favorite zombie films. The first three things and two. One is a parody, and two are remakes of classics. <laughs> people are going to be angry. But the truth is, how old were you when you saw that movie?
0: Well, yeah, exactly. Probably I was about... twenty. It was fucking great. I was. What 16, 17, 18, something like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to again kind of save it a little bit, it's written by James Gunn. I like yeah, some of James yeah. Gunn stuff, he's been done some good stuff. Um, so I guess he kind of balance him and Snyder kind of balancing each other out. For I know a lot of people really don't like James Gunn in the same way I don't like Zack Snyder, so sure, 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 uh, yeah, but it's Snyder's directorial debut, I think he does some some fantastic stuff with the the armored bus stuff just sticks out in my brain as some of the most like again thinking of like when you say the word zombie and film it's those scenes with the chainsaws and the the big armored the horde of zombies and the big bus and all this kind of stuff mm. those are the things that, that instantly jump to my mind when you say that kind of stuff and. It's well shot. It's well made. It's, I know. Um, it, it still holds bit, up. Yeah, it holds up. Yeah, I think they did a, um, a. You mentioned Tom Savini. He's in the film as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he made, made a little cameo as a sheriff, and um, yeah. It it's it's what I think of as kind of like the re- revival of zombies in my mind for the modern era. When I when you're not going back to the sixties and the seventies and the eighties. Dawn of the Dead is one of the definitive kind of 2000s, which is definitely my era, as I said. I would have been 14 when, 13, 14 when this film came out, and I saw mm-hmm. it a couple of years later on home release. So, yeah. I met positively mentioned a Zack Snyder film. Are you happy, listeners? <laughs> Are you happy now? And they
1: all whispered, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they looked down upon me and said, no.
1: Uh, I think... It's not an unfair statement. I think a lot of our stuff does come down to nostalgia, and 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 when you get to expose, I think the people will have the same thing because zombie makeup, zombie effects, zombie things improve. It's very rare that you're going to say my favorite one is an older one. It's it's hard to say it's a Snyder film because other than the very con- high contrast sort of look to it, which let's face it, you know, Michael Bay was doing that shit as well. It's not like it was you know an a unique thing, very much to that time period. I mean, Tony fuck both Tony and Ridley Scott were both doing it, you know. Um, it was just how that 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 period of film looked—really high contrast, high saturation. Bleh. But it did a good job, and it was entertaining. And it must have been like a couple of years later when Dead Rising, the video game, came out and gave the same experience. You can run through uh, a mall with like just hordes of zombies with the inventive re- yeah. weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, it's can, a solid you can remake.
0: Strap a chainsaw to a. Canoe oar and just swing <laughs> it around and yep. just cut everybody in half in real time. Yeah, not something that, that Zack
1: Snyder's Dawn of the Dead did that, but if he did it these days, well, it might.
0: Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah.
1: Um, we mentioned this one again. Myself, my next book. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Twenty-eight days later. I loved that movie. I like Danny uh, Boyle in general. I think he's fantastic, but it agreed. was the fact that it was again. It made it scary because it was so it looked and felt like a fucking documentary. It felt so real because of how it was shot. Being shot on these obviously digital cameras, it's so grainy. It was very, it felt low budget, even though it was the guy who did fucking train spotting. I was like, no, no, no he's a big director. It's like, yeah, who who are the stars of this movie? Obviously, <laughs> the individuals in this movie have gone on to be in huge things. Um, but at the time, you know, Killian Murphy and Emmy Harris were like, Unknowns as it were um and I think just the way it's shot is brilliant it's it's gritty, and then you've got like it's 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 almost like odyssey style where it it, it journeys onwards, and you know you meet people like Brendan Gleason along the way, and then they go on to meet Christopher Eccleston and all that sort of stuff um it's it's just a very of its time film i don't know what it would be like now i don't know if you were like saying again say like those listeners were very very young in in our in our listening audience it's like have you seen 28 days later no i've heard things um and they go watch it and say hey, it's fine or would it be like oh it's fucking amazing i really got into that it was very cool um because i remember when john murphy's score comes on with um, in a heartbeat or in the house whatever it's called and shitting off awesome it's just amazing just this really cool beats of the whole thing. It just, it just tipped off the whole film. So I don't know how much it will take an impact, like how it will have aged, but I still think it holds up really well. Especially as an independent filmmaker, I think this looks fantastic. Feel, it's feel it got such a wonderful scope to it, despite being very streamlined. Obviously could do so much with so little, don't lack of a better word.
0: I was about to say, I went back and watched it a couple of years ago and really, really enjoyed it. But nice. I had already seen it. So yes, like I said, it. I wonder what it'd be like for somebody who is coming in completely fresh yeah and hadn't seen it back in the day and mm. watching it in 2020 or whenever you know yeah i wonder how people would interpret it but yeah you you really see i think it was killian murphy's first starring role right like, i think you were gonna say you really see i think it's killian murphy's penis
1: and you're like you do. i mean well
0: that too <laughs> that too
1: it was yeah, his first uh, major thing yeah
0: yeah it was his first major role and his central performance is so Good and so understated, and goes through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned like amazing actors like Brendan Gleason and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a brilliant cast in there, but I think it's so brilliantly revolves around Killian's performance that Mm -hmm. it it really made us obviously made him into a star in the future. But that was a moment where I really took recognition was like, oh my god, this guy is fantastic. And then obviously, he's been in a bunch of stuff since.
1: Mm. But, but Boyle has a tendency to do that. Take people you like, mm. I kind of maybe have heard of this person, and then and you fucking think that, they're that great.
0: Guy, that's that guy from that TV show, right? Mm. It's like, I think I reckon, oh my God, he's great, or he or yeah. she is amazing, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did that with Dev Patel,
1: did that with Chris Evans for me. I thought Chris Evans was a comedy guy until he was like this. I thought, holy shit, this guy's good.
0: Why isn't he in more
1: stuff? Yeah. he's in Sunshine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, back to. The 90s and to oh, the yeah. silliness, and to uh, a lovely little Kiwi film I mentioned earlier, <laughs> 1992's Brain Dead, or to the American listeners, Dead Alive, because pff, I mean, they're both Why? terrible names, but this is uh, a 90s m- mad, schlocky zombie comedy film from peter bloody jackson and as i mentioned (laughs) earlier you probably know him from the lord of the rings films which happened about a decade later well seven eight nine ten years later and it is unbelievably gory unbelievably stupid and Mm -hmm. over the top and just just rubbish (laughs) just absolute (laughs) crap and it made like no money whatsoever true it made like on a budget of like a few million dollars, it made less than a million dollars. It made like a few hundred thousand. And that was your lot, basically. Yeah. But I remember watching it when I was, how oh, was that? Probably, I think I watched it around a mate's house. Like his older brother was, was like putting it on in the living room, and I was staying the night at his or whatever it was. We mm-hmm. were playing video games. It was like, oh, guys, you need to come down to the living room. I'm gonna put on Brain Dead, and we're like, what? <laughs> and it's like three of us, four of us, all sitting down and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> over the moments with like the, the blender and the lawnmower, and, mm-hmm. and the um, lawnmower especially. Yeah. Keeping it purposefully vague because, God, you don't mean to spoil Brain Dead for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the plot-driven <laughs> masterpiece <laughs> that is Brain Dead, but yeah, there's a moment where he a guy literally runs through a I think it's a kitchen or a hallway. Full mm-hmm. of zombies, while holding one of those like uh, propeller-bladed lawnmowers, just up vertically. A big so flymo, it goes, motherfucker! Uh, yeah, the flymo things so just uh, just blends mm-hmm. zombies as he runs through, and it is just over the top and mad. And it's probably not actually good.
1: It's critically
0: but, sort of
1: post-well received, but I don't yeah. think it's good personally. No.
0: Yeah. Probably probably not actually a good film, but I have so much nostalgia for it that it's always yeah. kind of like that again, it's the thing when you say zombies, I think I think of Braindead because it was one of my early exposures to that to that genre and mm. just the, the other side of it. How far you can go into the the campness and the overtopness and the, the hyper gory it's so gory it's not gory, it's cartoony kind of thing. Yes. Because when you see Gorin twenty eight days later or The Walking Dead. There's some weight to it, some, some, you know, there's, there's a visceral essence to it. Whereas you get, I could watch him run through a whole way of zombies with a llama all day long and be like, yeah, oh, that's funny. That's, that's not <laughs> a thing. Whereas if somebody like chops up a zombie in Walking Dead, you're like, oh my God, that was harrowing. That was his best mate. He just did yeah. that too. You had to kill him with a hammer. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, a brain, if you're looking for silly fun, I would recommend going and checking out Dead because if you need some uh, light-heartedness for this Halloween, then go and check it out and have a barrel of laughs, basically.
1: It's got a very desensitised tone to the whole thing, so it's just mm. you don't... you At no point you're supposed to feel remorse or compassion or any of that shit. It's not going for it in the slightest, so... I get it and bad taste confused very often in my head for some reason. I think I saw them both at the same sort of time. I know they're dramatically different films, but both P Jacks and weirdnesses from the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, yeah, my third pick again is something we've already mentioned um, Train to Busan. I don't actually think I have a good answer for this one because I just think it's a very well constructed, fun zombie movie. It doesn't really, in my opinion, do a lot that's new, um, it's just very entertaining, um, and it's not even like the first South Korean fucking train movie in that regard either with Snowpiercer and stuff. There is a sequel called Peninsula which was coming out this year. I assume it's still coming out this year. Um, did, it, did it come out early this
0: year? I, get I it. don't know.
1: I don't know. Again, that's, everything's so confused with international releases and where you can and can't release stuff. But I'm pretty sure that might go on our list, unfortunately. I don't know if it's got the it same...
0: It's supposed to be a can but it was cancelled due to... Oh, I don't know. The global pandemic. Yeah, um, but yes, it did, It was released in South Korea in July of this year. Okay, we might get it then next year, in theory. Who knows? Yeah, it's not not been as well received for the no exactly, so and it's a,
1: it's a sequel to. And actually, this is this is the perfect segue just to, to to our conclusion here. And this is something I I always sort of pick up on. This is something I credited um, the Walking Dead for, and why I thought it would do very well, not the, as well as it did, but very well to start with. Zombie movies are shit when it comes to ending. If you've got like a fucking vampire movie or a werewolf movie or anything, you kind of just, you know, take out the lead vampire and they all go back to normal. Or it's a love story like Bram Stoker's Dracula and it goes back and it's, oh, it's tragic ending, gothic horror. Yeah, 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 five five. five. Zombie movies are almost exclusively about something that's so widespread and so, um, so vast and irreversible and infection um, that anything they do feels rushed. I genuinely struggle to think of a zombie movie that doesn't feel like it's got a rushed ending. As much as I hate to say it, except for Resident Evil movies, because <laughs> those whole films feel like they're all over the fucking shop anyway, and they bin the canon in the first five minutes, and then end with My Name Is Alice and I'm doing what the fuck ever. Um, but, even the ones we've listed here, Night of the Living Dead,
0: just kind of
1: ends. Oh, okay. 28 days later. Oh, the, the zombies got hungry and starved a bit. Okay. Train to Busan. They got there.
0: <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wonderful.
1: Shaun of the Dead. Literally, as, as in all Edgar Wright films, he describes it all to you in the first five minutes of the movie. They just wait for it to blow over the Winchester. It's all fine in the end. Um, the I do like the ending of, of the Dawn of the Dead remake. It'll all be fine once we get to point B i.e. a boat or whatever. And then, you know, oh, we've landed on an island again. This will be fine. Oh, no. Mm. um, they, they, just, they just stop. World War Z specifically had a fucking terrible ending because <laughs> it just didn't know what to do with itself. And I think it's the nature of like, you spend so long building momentum and tension and all this sort of stuff to show you how the world has changed. But as we are experiencing now in a global pandemic, shit doesn't just go back easily. And that's why, like, saying, like, 28 Weeks Later, for example, should be really good, and mostly is fine and quite entertaining, but it's not that great. And it's the nature of... These movies are about contagions, most of the time. Sometimes zombies are about curses, but whatever. So, how do you... How do you end it? Do you find, inverted commas, a cure? Do you find a safe place to go hide and a new community or whatever? What's the landscape of the world like? What do you do? How, how do you finish it? And I don't think a lot of zombie films really know. And I think they, a lot of them run aground very quickly and go, Oh, f- f- fucking, oh, look, the miracle cure. Yeah. And smallpox was completely wiped out in the 70s. There is no smallpox on earth at all. And that's fascinating, but that took a long, long time. And it's boring in films. You have an end montage of people going door to door with like injections or some shit that's a that's not as satisfying a satisfying conclusion,
0: yeah, I think you I think you run into a problem like that because an apocalypse is such a huge event. it's not fixed in five minutes, it's not solved overnight. It's not the kind mm. of thing where oh, we've found the cure now we just distribute it to the other, looks at population counter five billion people. Like <laughs> okay, with what infrastructure, with what transport, like depending on the state of the world at that time yeah. and even with like I mentioned The Last of Us earlier, which is not a zombie game strictly, but deals with a post apocalyptic infection and all this kind of stuff. In all but name, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's it's fungus, not zombies. That's different. Um mm. the first game you start on outbreak day. And then it goes 20 years later. You're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. okay. So this is how society has settled into it. And it's kind of what The Walking Dead was aiming to do because Robert Kirkman always described yes. it as the zombie film that doesn't end. You get to see the life of the survivors continuing Precisely. and going on. And like you said, when they oh, they get to the island or get to the boat or get to the chopper and then everything's fine. You're like, right, but what what happens five minutes after that when They run out of helicopter fuel and they have to stop on the top of the next helipad and that's covered (laughs) in zombies. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. And one game I think that does that particularly well and unfortunately it did run into the whole it went on for too fucking long. Mm. Funnily enough, it's the Walking Dead, the Telltale series. Oh, I think... The first season of that, focusing on Lee as the protagonist and uh, looking after Clementine, uh, the girl that he kind of becomes the guardian-like father figure of, yes, is a brilliant, perfect little snippet of a story to tell in a zombie world. It is not big picture stuff. It is and it's and much as, as much yeah. as we're complaining about the Walking Dead doing this. It's a story about the people, and the zombies are kind of the background. And obviously, that has a lot of consequences. Characters die; they get bitten, all this kind of stuff. You have to make decisions of, you know, do we? He's been bitten. Do we kill him now, or do we leave him to die by himself? All this kind of stuff. Clementine but, will remember this. Exactly, exactly. And the the Lee story that is told throughout the first season is so like perfectly self contained, and you get the whole thing, and you could happily stop there, and I never need to see this world again. I'm content with how that is but you just you are still left with the dangling threads of clementine kind of wandering off into the distance and then spoiler alert she's the protagonist for the following few seasons so you are left with the the whole kind of like what happens when survivors grow up and all this kind of stuff and she ages up in the same way that ellie in the last of us does she grows up and then takes on her own sure like younger ward to use a batman phrase and yeah, you're kind of then stuck in that cycle again. But I don't think there's a way to do it that either hasn't been done or isn't kind of really contrived and clunky. And I yeah, we talked about the uh, the mist not too long ago, where it's really depressing. And again, spoilers for the mist horror film. Really enjoy it. If you're into Lovecraftian stuff, go and check it out. I recommended it in a previous monster movie episode that we mm-hmm, did. Uh, mm-hmm. Patreon exclusive.
1: No, I feel that okay, was a regular episode.
0: I can't remember. It's a all, all a blur to us now. It is. um God, that sounds like so long ago. um I mentioned before in a previous episode, the ending is bleak as fuck, and then the military show up and everything's fine, but everybody's dead. So it's like, well, uh, uh. Jurassic Park three. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that the whole like, well, the military showed up, so everything's fine. Like Is that how the world works? I don't think that's how the world works. No. I don't think the military show up and everything's fine has ever happened in the history of the world. I think the military show up and then things get a lot worse very quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very much so. I would would challenge you to a degree and say that there is definitely a way to do it. We just don't know what it is yet. We (laughs) haven't seen it yet.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think there's been several ones that do it well enough, and we're okay with that. Um, I think for zombies, it feels like the long form is better suited. Whether it's a video game or a television series or even a comic or a book or something, is, a film is very limited in its capacity. Anyone that seems to be a success is something where, oh, we think we've got it, we've done it, we've got to the the helipad, the mission, the whatever the fuck it is. And then you walk outside and the whole city's on fire. So you rack your shotgun, clack, clack, motherfucker. I'll see you in the <laughs> sequel. And it's like, oh, yeah. god damn it, Resident Evil. Every time. Um, and you know, every time you think you're over, you're like, oh, we did it. We got this T virus, yada yada yada, blah, 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 Wesker. And then you're like, Yeah. But now it's in the crows. Oh shit. Mm. See you next time. You know, it's shit like that. It's 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 the episodic nature of it. The 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 sort of comeback next week, the serialized mindset. And that's not necessarily a problem. Um, and every time there's a, like a variation, it, it's something that will draw you in and think, oh, actually that ended me interestingly. And it's the open-ended, oh, what if? Um, a Chris Nolan zombie film, perhaps. Um, that kind of, you know, makes you question everything you've seen before and you want to go back and watch it again as opposed to mm-hmm. what comes next. Yeah. And it's almost inconsequential. But I think it's interesting to see the trends and the limitations of film when it comes to zombie films. And... I think we're in, I think we're in another mini resurgence at the minute, um, spurned on by, or, uh, by the East, as I said, with the, but with the Walking Dead ending, I think we're on the verge of something new again. I don't know what it will be, and I think in truth, the next zombie film is going to be a pandemic-based thing, because of what we're living through, because of artists and creative people, you know, channeling this shit into scripts
0: when we're talking about time travel films or Shakespeare adaptations or opening title sequences or whatever it is people are like I cannot believe you didn't mention this and that happens a lot in the Discord so if you do want some uh, quick firebacks on the on the episodes and discussions straight away afterwards join the Discord because it's very good for that sort of stuff and I'm often then there being like wow, never even heard of that one thanks to the recommendation <laughs> which happens uh, more often than I care to admit. So, uh, yeah. But, speaking of that, if you do have any recommendations for us, any things you feel like we've left out, you can hit us up on the Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter, you can hit us up by email, and on all the social medias, Facebook and Instagram included. We're sequelizers on everything. It's nice and easy. Sequelizers at com is the place to go to send us emails and. Sequalizers.com has the links to all of the aforementioned stuff plus the shop plus the discord plus the patreon everything all in one place if you want to support us on patreon patreon.com slash is the place to go if you're able to support us financially we very much appreciate it there are plenty of perks and little bonuses and stuff including exclusive patreon specific content for you mm. whole episodes are record just for patrons We'd very much appreciate the support if you can't support us of course you can review us on your podcast catching app of choice whether that's stitcher apple Podcasts, google podcasts please do leave us a review on that it helps build our exposure and helps other people find our show basically which mm-hmm. is the the aim of the game At the end of the day we want more people to listen and uh yeah join our community and chat with you guys and talk to us on social media. It,
1: it's a very reciprocal sort of thing whereby those who can afford to, to support us via Patreon ensure that you all listen for free and they support you guys and at the same time, you listening to the show and recommending to other people ensures that we do it more because again more people are listening. It's all just a big sharing circle jerk.
0: Yeah. And speaking of circle jacks, we'd very much like to thank our top-tier patrons, the executive producers, mm-hmm. the aforementioned Jonathan Firth-Clark, Mr. Mike Salvia, and last, but certainly not least, Stuart Mayne. Thank you very much for your support, gentlemen. We very much appreciate it, even throughout these difficult times, you know, the the Semi apocalyptic times we're living in right now with what's going on with COVID times. Exactly.
1: Well one phrase.
0: And we appreciate it during the interseason stuff as well. Yes. But season seven is coming soon. Very soon. Be prepared for the return of the sequelizers as you know and love it. There's going to be a little couple of extra twists and turns along the way and a little bit of a change up, but nothing too drastic. We're getting back to. Sequelizers, not prequelizers. And uh, we've got some good ones coming up. I'm uh, very excited for for some of the stuff I'm going to be uh, writing and some of the stuff I know you're going to be doing, Matt. And mm. Oh, there's, there's, some, there's some juicy ones going up this some,
1: season. We usually have like, a, we do like a broad selection and one could argue there are actually things that could constitute as maybe three, maybe four different horror movies, even though they're not horror. Um... Whether they're zombie movies or not, we cannot say.
0: You'll have to find out. You'll have to find out. It also includes some patron pics in there and one voted Mm. for by patrons as well. So uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to have your say for season eight (laughs) in the future... (laughs) 2021. Exactly, exactly. But on that note, that is pretty much everything. I think we have covered all the zombie stuff we need to cover and I'm sure people will let us know if we haven't. And until then... Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Later.